0: On today's show, Nikola Jokic is setting new records, even for himself. The advanced stats are ridiculous this year. Why is that? What does it tell us about him? What does it tell us about the league? We're also going to talk about the most interesting storylines, as I see fit, uh, with the Denver Nuggets right now. And then, of course, preview tonight's matchup with the Clippers. All that and more I'm Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody, and welcome into the Locked On Nuggets Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Mades, flying solo today. Matt Moore is en route to Las Vegas for the in-season tournament. Cam's busy with work, so I am here doing it solo today and got some good topics for you. Talking about Jokic's advanced stats, which are insane, you know, We're going to get into that Clippers matchup. And then I want to talk a couple things about Peyton Watson, Zeke Nagy, some of the storylines from the early part of the season where I think they are headed coming up. Um, so it should be a good one. I see some people, I see this all the time because Matt always drives the show. And I always see people in the chat saying, why is it late? It says it was supposed to be this time. The way it works on our end is we just set up a stream saying, hey, we're going to start. I don't know where it gives the time of, hey, it's going to start at this time. Usually we just wait till we have all of our notes and everything ready to go. And then we hit live. So if you're ever in the chat wondering why it says a certain time, I have no idea. Um, We're live whenever we're ready to go. But right now we are live right after nine o'clock in the morning. And I wanted to get into some crazy stuff here. Nikola Jokic currently, you know, my favorite advanced stat is box plus minus. And the reason I like it, not because I get into the details of how the sausage is made or any of that. I like it because when I sort for career best by any single advanced metric, to me, this one has the best list. It, it's, it makes the most sense. So I'm almost doing this like re- reverse. I'm looking at what does the number spit out and does that match my own personal opinion about who the greatest players are? It has Michael Jordan, it has LeBron James, Magic Johnson, David Robinson, who I think is one of the most underrated players. Chris Paul, okay, I don't love that one, but whatever. He's a really good player with a lot of good stats. Larry Bird, John Stockton, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard. Like the list is all guys. Steph Curry, Giannis, that you would expect to be on there. Number one is Nikola Jokic career, of course. He is ahead of all of those guys. We'll get back to that in a second. We know with Box Plus Minus that Jokic, this stat in particular, really likes Jokic, and that he has had some all-time historic seasons. With box plus minus, if we scroll down a little bit here, let me see. Jokic back in 2019, the first time he made it onto the leaderboard, he was 58th. If you remember, I think in 2019 was the year. Is hey, I believe that was the year he came in fourth in MVP voting. It was the first time he was anywhere near the MVP conversation. Like you, you kind of saw him in there, and you're like, oh wow, that's kind of surprising. A lot of people, you know, had him on their ballots, but then he makes the leap. Then he makes the leap, and in in 2021, he goes all the way up to sixth all-time. 2022, he sets the number one box plus minus of all-time. And then last year, he is number three on the list uh, for box plus minus. So then the list was Jokic, LeBron's uh, 2009 season, Jokic again, Michael Jordan's 88 season, Jokic again. And you look at that and you go, okay, maybe it's... The era, you know, I think there's something too. This this era maybe lends itself more to box plus minus stats, you know, that that inflate it. Maybe Yoke being a, such a unique player, he's a point center, so the stats are going to inflate this or that. I think those things are all valid to look at and, and maybe wonder. What I don't think is valid is to sit there and think that these numbers are so far off as to say, oh my gosh, he doesn't belong anywhere near there. But he's has the number one season of all time in box plus minus, and he had the number three the number one season by the way 13.72 jokic currently sits with a 15.56 box plus minus not only surpassing his already established number one box plus minus but shattering it there are 3 seasons that are in the 13s there are 3 seasons that are in the 12s and there are about 10 seasons that are in the 11s jokic is currently above 15 and a half so you skip Only three seasons in the 13s, two of which are Jokic. You skip 14, you go all the way up to 15.56. Jokic, as we all know just from watching the games, is off to a ridiculous start to the season in terms of the advanced stats. He shows up in, it's not just box plus minus, by the way. If we go to all-time single seasons for player efficiency rating, he is number one currently there at 34.10. Number two, once again, was his 2022 season of 32.85. Number three is Wilt Chamberlain back in 1962. That's the – you want to talk about inflated stats, that's the year they had 120 possessions average across the NBA. Really, really crazy. Then Giannis at number four. Um, So that's the list. And Yoke this year at 34. So, again, four players in the 32s, 15-ish players in the 31s. Nobody in 33 – Yoke at thirty four point point one zero. Oh. So again, the advanced metrics showing this ridiculous, ridiculous season from him. Win shares, I think he still comes in like third or fourth. So win shares is one that, for whatever reason, doesn't you know has him a little bit lower. How is this? Well, we know he's averaging more points than ever, twenty nine points a game. We know that he's averaging the second most rebounds of his career at twelve point eight and leading the NBA in rebounding. And now, after a a great couple of weeks passing the ball. He is now up to what he was down to like eight assists a game, but he's had some monster games. So now he's back up to 9.8, which ties his career average. Of course, last year he was above 10 for most of the year, slid at the very end and finished below 10, Um, which by the way is one of the most underrated things. Like when people talk about Yoke taking his foot off the gas last year, one of the big ways he took his foot off the gas was just not playing enough minutes to get a triple double. He should have averaged a triple double, didn't play enough minutes, and it dipped below at the very end and all time. Tanking a triple-double season, which nobody in the NBA would have done except for Yoke. Uh, he has 2.9 turnovers per game, which is a career low for him. His usage is higher than ever, which I think goes into all of this. And his turnover rate is lower than ever, which goes into all of this. So I think that these are so I think that the the advanced stats are capturing something very real, which we've talked about, which is Jokic is having his best season ever. And the advanced stats reflect this. Why is this so important to me? It's important to me because one, we, a lot of the people watching the show, although I'm sure not everyone, but the people that have been following me in my career, you know, I started when Jokic started, remember that in the early days, we thought this guy's a player. You know, he's not just like a, a prospect, like he's, he's can't miss. He's going to be in the NBA. He's going to make it. After his first season, he started to say, I think he's actually a good player. Like maybe a cornerstone piece, not just a good, you know, not just a guy that can be a backup, a serviceable backup. I think this is a guy you maybe build your team around. He comes into that second year off the bench, you know, behind Nurkic, this or that. But the advanced step, once he started starting and everything else, even after his rookie season, but especially after he started playing more and more, the advanced stats started telling us a story that, hey, Jokic might be one of the all-time greats. And at that time, he was still like a relatively unknown. Is Porzingis better, this or that? The advanced stats have been right about Jokic. They've actually told us something about him that – Even our most uh, aggressive, like when we're watching him, we're thinking, I think this guy's a star. I think he's an all-star. The advanced stats were saying, no, I think he could be one of the best players to ever play the game. And it felt weird and it felt wrong, but they were right. So I've had this sort of, um, I don't want to say trust in him, because I don't think you ever should just say, oh, the number says this, therefore. But they are hinting at something that they have, that we've kind of dismissed along the way. I guess we haven't, but people have dismissed along the way that have turned out to be true. And so when I watch Jokic now, having not only the greatest season ever by PER and box plus minus, when I see that, I think they're telling us something that we shouldn't just dismiss. This really might be the, the uh, one of the greatest, if not the single greatest 20-game stretches that we've seen from from a player. He's absolutely dominant. All of the things he already did, the triple-double threat, the dominance you know, positionally, but his touch is even better than ever. And he's taking fewer shots right now at the rim than typical, and he's getting fewer assisted shots. I think a lot of this probably has to do with Jamal Murray being out. The profile changes a little bit. But I think that some of this has to do with he is more confident than ever in his floater zone shot, and he has better than ever realized how to use this as a weapon. He goes to that shot a lot, like six times a game. He goes to the floater zone shot and he's shooting 70% from that shot. It's maybe the most dangerous weapon in all basketball. You think about Steph Curry's years where he starts taking the quick threes off the dribble and long threes and like he's hitting them. And then there was a certain point where it's like, yeah, but that's a real weapon where he's just going to fire those as if every time he has it available, he should fire it. it became the most deadly weapon, a 30-foot pull-up j- jumper. And now everybody's afraid of it. With yoke, you know, he's taken these um floater's own shots now at such an aggressive rate that I think it might be the single most deadly shot in all of basketball. Um, so there's reason to think that his numbers can actually increase once Murray comes back, maybe not the overall production, and maybe that'll hurt the box plus minus numbers, but that right now he is taking tougher shots and making them at a higher rate and doing it over a 21 game sample size is actually quite a bit. Um, so he's taken seven and a half more shots. Than, uh, than he has at any point per 100 possessions, seven and a half more shots per 100 possessions, meaningfully more aggressive and more consistently aggressive. So to me, I look at this and I say, we shouldn't dismiss the advanced numbers that are saying Jokic is having the single all-time greatest season. Now, I will say, if you look at all of the raw numbers, right now we are in a bit of an inflated era for for stats. And I think that you have to account for that. We have a lot of guys averaging 30 points, we have a lot of guys that are averaging like triple-double threat type numbers. Nobody does it to the degree of Jokic, not even close. But still, it's worth saying that if Jokic was playing right now in 1994, you know, maybe, maybe the numbers wouldn't quite be as high. Maybe the advanced numbers wouldn't reflect it. We have to acknowledge that this era sort of lends itself to a little bit of an inflated number. But even amongst his peers, Jokic has such insane separation that you have to take him seriously. And then lastly, and I've talked about this on all of my shows, but Jokic is taking the other parts of the game more seriously the leadership, the aggressiveness every night, the toughness, um, and then molding and coaching and trying to get guys to do. I've always said, if you played through Jokic every single time, it would be smart, even though it might not be the funnest thing. It would be the smartest thing to just always trust Jokic because he's such a great decision maker. This year has been proof of concept of that. His usage rate is up. He's touching and handling the ball even more, and his turnover rate is even lower. But the part that makes me so encouraged about where all of this is headed. If we really do think Jokic has a legitimate chance, which I do, a legitimate chance of being the greatest player of all time. I'm not saying he's there. I'm just saying it's on the table. He has has it within him to have that type of career. We'll see if he does now or or not. But when, one of the reasons that I'm so confident about it and so excited about this season is that he seems to be molding the team into what makes him the best, knowing that it'll make the team the best. So, Peyton Watson, what kind of player are you going to be? Mold him into that Christian Brown. What kind of player do you need? Mold him into that Julian Strother. Mold him into that. We've already seen this with Aaron Gordon, and it makes me wonder if that's where the light really clicked for Yoke. Is Gordon was so eager to become a smarter player and to be whatever it is that Jokic needed him to be? And I wonder if Yoke saw that experiment with him and said, You know what? I should do this for everybody, especially these young guys. And as a result, like one of the biggest limiting factors for Yolk's talent is the people around him. The better players you give and the better the players around him are at understanding, you know, where to be, the better Jokic can be. He's like Peyton Manning with great receivers who all are on point. That's why Peyton Manning as a quarterback was such a tough quarterback is he was always such a stickler about the details because he knew the better his receivers were at at reading and and doing everything he needed them to do the better he was as a quarterback. I think Yoke has a very similar thing going on with this young team, and he's molding all of his weapons into exactly what he needs. And as a result, he's putting up the greatest season of all time. Let's take a break. On the other side, I want to talk about some of the other storylines that I find to be the most interesting with the Denver Nuggets. But first, our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy basketball host Josh Lloyd. This is one of our best shows in the entire network, by the way. Josh Lloyd, super passionate about fantasy basketball, super passionate about basketball in general, but especially fantasy basketball. And he is the best in the biz. So if you play fantasy basketball, I hope you're checking that show out. Uh, And he has that delightful New Zealand uh, accent, which you'll enjoy. Um, Partnered up with eBay Motors to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to be providing players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked for us this week on eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy pick of the week. You've got five options here. I'm going to tell you mine. So Patrick Williams, Chicago Bulls, Obi Toppin, Kelly Oubre, Derek Lively, Killian Hayes. I'm going to tell you right now that my pick would be Obi Toppin, who is having a sneaky great year. I was talking about uh, talking about him just the other day about the last like eight games or so. He has a handful of 20 pieces. I've always thought Obi Toppin was one of these guys that just needed, he runs, he's super athletic, he's a slasher, I think he wants to play the right way, he needed to get with a team that fit that. Well, who runs and plays the right way and moves the ball and finds slashers better than the Indiana Pacers? So he's having a monster week. Obi Toppin, to me, is one of those sneaky, great players out of the gate this year, Um, so I would definitely be looking to pick him up. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make your ride uh, make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride for the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. All right, let's get into this uh, segment number two. Um, Talking about the best player or the best storylines, the most interesting storylines of the season. So, if you haven't been checking out the Denver Nuggets this year, and that's not people on this show, but if you weren't, what would I tell you is the most interesting things going on with the Nuggets? Believe it or not, Jokic is number three. We'll get to him in a second. Number one story, I was thinking about this last night. I think my number one most interesting thing to think about with the Denver Nuggets right now. And my most interesting thing that I'm watching on a night-to-night basis right now is Peyton Watson. I am becoming more and more, um, I don't want to say obsessed with Peyton Watson, but just more and more like he occupies what I think about this team and where all these endless possibilities. I think a lot of this has to do with, generally speaking, the most interesting storylines are the ones that can tilt the outcomes the most. And for me... Peyton Watson being terrible moves Denver's outcomes in one far, far direction where you sit there and go like, man, they're in a tight spot now. Whereas if Peyton Watson is like a star player, I don't see the Nuggets losing ever. Like you watch him and you think if Peyton Watson becomes a star, he fits so nicely into what Denver is trying to accomplish and what makes them good or bad that it would be, you know, a true dynasty. And what's interesting about the Nuggets this year is that Peyton Watson is showing signs of being that second guy, the the superstar type, or at least the star caliber type. I don't want to put too much on his shoulders, too much pressure on him, because I think Peyton is in a very sweet spot right now where he can develop into the exact type of player that he needs to be. And this is rare. It's actually rare for players to fall into a circumstance that is perfect for them. And indeed, it is even more rare when, for a high upside player, that spot is somewhere with a contending team. But this is what's so interesting about Peyton. I actually think his best development, his best like path is in a situation like Denver. Because if you remember, high school season, COVID era, didn't get a ton of games in there was cancellations, you know, things showed shut down. You go to UCLA and you're off the bench. You don't play a whole lot. So he was behind on development, you know, coming into the draft. Last year's a red shirt year. So you look at a player like Peyton, <clears throat> and we've seen I got a frog in my throat. We've And we've seen these these situations before where a raw player gets the keys to a team, a, a bad team, and it doesn't do them well. It reminds me actually a lot of Emmanuel Moutier. Emmanuel Moutier probably could have benefited from coming into a current Denver situation, not a former one. If you remember Moutier, they took the picture of him up on the roof of Ball Arena, and it was all this big... Um, you know, oh, it's his team now. It's his city. Like, we're handing him the keys. He wasn't ready for it. And it actually, in some ways, might have really harmed him to be given the superstar path right away. He probably would have been better in a system where, hey, Jokic is going to set the table for you and do everything for you. You just need to work on the base of your skill set. And then after that, we'll build the second layer. And then after that, and you build this sort of pyramid that leads towards stardom. Peyton Watson's in that situation because to me, his foundational piece is not his offense, which I actually think there's reason to be encouraged about his offense. His foundational piece is his defense and his uh not just his playmaking, but his ability to shut guys down. And he is in the exact spot right now where I never think about Peyton's offensive game. I mean, when he drives to the rim, if he misses a shot or if he's open in the corner, and misses a shot, like you're like You know, he needs to start to learn to make that one or whatever, but you're you're not stressed about it. You're just stressed about Peyton needs to build this foundation of defense. And then I would say the second foundation would be understanding the game, learning how to read the court. So many players, even good players, I think about Aaron Gordon in this way, smart, wants to be great but not necessarily taught the game or thinking about the game or aiming at that target early on in his career, not for his own fault, just because he was not in a position where those things were emphasized. Other things were emphasized and, and needed out of him, and he has to go there. Peyton Watson is in a place right now where I feel like he is trying to learn the game. Michael Malone said at practice yesterday that he wants to be great, and you can see that in him, that he wants to be a great player. He's trying to learn. He's trying to learn. Right now, I think, Peyton Watson, through 21 games, is building a phenomenal foundation of elite defense. And the numbers on this are insane. Three blocks per 100 possessions, over three blocks, over a a steal. He is making such an impact on defense and is a menace. And in the last week, he's guarded De'Aaron Fox extremely well, one of the toughest covers in all the NBA. The play I think about right before the end of quarter, he gets out on an island on De'Aaron Fox. One of the hardest guys to guard in all the NBA is De'Aaron Fox in space out on an island with four shooters around him. That means you have to just guard one-on-one and you have to keep the quickest player or one of the quickest players in the NBA in front of you. He not only did that, he blocked his shot at the rim. He kept him, guards him, sticks with him, and then blocks his shot. Never happens to De'Aaron Fox, you guys. That does not happen, not out on an island. He did it and he had several good possessions. That wasn't the only one. He had several good possessions. You have... Um, Kevin Durant, one of the toughest covers in all of the NBA, he goes, and we all know he held him. I can't remember. Was it one of 12 or Oh of 12 or something like that? Oh, 10, but, but locked him up, made some really good de- defensive possessions. And I've heard people say like, Oh, KD just missed shots. He usually makes not true. Not true. Peyton Watson made an impact on that. Now, does KD usually go two of 10 on those or three of 10? Sure. But lesser defenders, KD goes seven of 10. You know, he makes those shots and he gets in her groove. Peyton Watson, in fact, he was in a groove to start that game. Peyton Watson took him out of it. It was a big-time defensive performance. So that's two guys just in the last week, and he seems to be making improvements on that side, making fewer mistakes, making more of an impact. So I think the defensive part is is we see it. It's going to be there. I think he can be one of the best defenders in the NBA. But the understanding the game part to me is the part that's so exciting is that he's building that foundation. And then I think ultimately, you know, Calvin Booth has – compared him to Paul George and, and the this that I don't see that with him but here's the thing what I see is an elite defender one of the best in all of the NBA's and a guy that wants to learn the game who has skills he can put the ball on the ground you know he can he, he's slippery he can get to the rim he's so long he's athletic that I can see an offensive development curve for him that at the moment I'm not even concerned about it once he checks these two boxes, then you turn to that offensive development, and I think he's doing things in the right order. So Peyton Watson, to me, the most interesting player because like Christian Brown's a great defender, and he helped Denver win a title. Peyton Watson looks to be an even better defensive player and then has this offensive game that I think is worth at least dreaming about. And that means a two-way player who might eventually grow into being like a big three, Murray, Jokic, Payton. It's possible that that is a future iteration of this team that he is that important to the team. So Payton Watson, to me, has been the most interesting guy. And now the short-term question is a race against time. The playoffs start in, what, five months? Denver wants to win a title this year. I think he has a lot of development to get to before there because defending in the regular season is not like defending in the playoffs. In the playoffs, mistakes kill you more than great plays hurt you. And right now, he has to get to a point where those mistakes are erased. He's not making them. And then offensively, he has something that he knows, okay, here's what I do in the offensive role every single time, and this is how Denver uses me. Um, Second best story of the season is Reggie Jackson. We've talked about him a lot, but he has been phenomenal this year. Um, The fact that coming into the year, the point guard spot, you wondered, is Denver going to have to find a point guard? Is Pickett going to have to grow into a point guard? Those questions being answered to the degree that they have this year has been incredible. And Reggie, to me, looks like a guy who not only um, can be a player for you all season long, but might be a guy that wins games for you. He's already won at least one game for you in that Clippers game uh, the last time they played the Clippers when Jokic was out. But you look at him and think like, hey, even a fully healthy Nuggets roster, Reggie's only playing 15 minutes a game. Reggie might win you a game because those 15 minutes were plus eight, not minus four or whatever. Reggie Jackson... He seems like the guy who's capable now of leading a second unit from a deficit to a lead, which is something Denver did not have before. Now, because of Murray being out, these things have been a little bit disguised. But Reggie Jackson, to me, looks like a guy who has earned the confidence of his teammates and certainly of his coach. I think the third most interesting thing is Jokic, but we talked about him in the first segment, just being more aggressive. I think he's my third most interesting story. For me personally, this is where things get different. Everybody's going to have their own interesting stories. For me, it's Julian Strother, number four, because Julian was a guy that I thought was like a redshirt rookie, right? You know, not going to be playing a whole lot, sit on the bench, learn some things. And then next year, you know, kind of on the Peyton path, next year you'll get some minutes. And then I thought his upside was probably pretty low, like spot shooter. Like, okay, he's your go-to shooting guy. His all-around basketball game has been so impressive that he is another guy that I look at and think, now I don't think he has the upside of a Peyton Watson, But I think he has the upside of a player who could be a starter one day. You know, I think he's probably a couple of years from that at at minimum, a starter one day, or if not a phenomenal bench player, a guy that you look at and you're like, man, this bench is starting to make sense. Julian is a phenomenal guy off the bench and a guy capable of having 20 point nights, you know, that, that, that caliber of a player. And then more importantly, the way he plays the game, he's smart. Julian's a smart player and he's going to get smarter in the system. So Julian Strother, watching him go from a guy that I expected to be a red shirt rookie to a guy who I'm watching going, this is a guy that's going to contribute to this team. If they do end up having a dynasty, Julian Strother is going to be part of that dynasty because he's going to make such a big impact. I love his game. He's one of my favorite players to watch on the Nuggets. And uh, he's easily been one of the best storylines. After that, I would go with Michael Porter to round out a top five. I'd go with Michael Porter, um, not shooting the ball well, but I do feel like he is having a year where um, he needs to start shooting the ball better. I do think that's an important piece. But his sort of um, development in other aspects, rebounding, playmaking, uh, I I say hustle because he's a weird guy. I still don't love that he never gets a 50-50 ball. But his development in other aspects has been so encouraging. And now, if he can maintain those things while also rediscovering that 42, 43, 44% three-point shot that we all know he's capable of, Now, if he rediscovers those things, we're going to get the best version of a Michael Porter. And I expect it, honestly. I think the next month is is really good for Michael Porter. Really, really strong. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, let's talk very quickly about what to expect about this Clippers game coming up tonight. First, I want to tell you about the presenting sponsor tonight, the Game Time app. You shouldn't have to worry about when you're buying tickets to the next big event. (laughs) I've got tickets. Man, I've got a frog in my throat. throat. I've got tickets too. Uh, Nathaniel Ratliff next week with the wife, uh, which I purchased on game time. It's the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last minute deals, all in prices. The all in prices thing is really big too. You don't have to excuse. Sometimes you go to a, a site and you think it's one price. And by the time you get to close it's, uh, it's like the doubled the price. This one has that all in price. So, you know, what the final price is. I always use that button. So I just don't, I don't have to think about it. I just know that's my all in price. Um, views from your seat, which is nice. So, you know, Hey, I don't know. You don't want to get a seat that you didn't expect. Oh, I couldn't see. I didn't realize it was this bad. Um, and then their best price guarantee game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. It's a really great app. Um, it's a really great app, but it's super easy to use. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time, download the game time app, create an account and use promo code locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again, create an account, redeem that code locked on NBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, final segment here as we get ready to prepare for the Nuggets and the Clippers game. I Right now, the big story was that yesterday there was practice, and at practice, Michael Malone hinted that Jamal Murray might not be ready. This is the weirdest part and the worst part of this season has been Murray not being available. Um, I imagine based on the one game he did play, if you guys remember, he was out for so long with a hamstring issue, he comes back and in the first two minutes of the game rolls an ankle. But I thought even in those minutes and even seeing him warm up and just seeing him in person that he looked like a guy that probably needed a couple weeks to get back into game shape and a game rhythm and game speed. So it's not even this thing of, oh, Murray's back, boom, he's back to what we were thinking he was. I imagine that there is a ramp-up period of Jamal Murray where he is building towards something. Now, how important is it? I actually think it's somewhat important. Like, it's important for Jamal Murray. You know, it is a long season, and you have a runway to get into great shape and to become a great player. But we know that there are these little rhythms to it. And Denver, if they want to be a top seed, they're going to have competition this year. They already do. The Minnesota Timberwolves only four losses, I think four or five losses. So they're already going to have competition for home court advantage. They need to get going. But more than anything, I think that Murray needs to grow into, he needs to grow too. We talk about Jokic, how great he was last year. He's even better this year. My hope is that Murray has the same season once he gets back, that the great player he was even in the playoffs is now the new baseline that he grows off of because for that, that's when we talk about Denver repeating or becoming a dynasty in a lot of ways, it's about Murray's development um, as a more consistent second star. So hopefully he is back tonight, even though it's on the road and the fact that he might not be makes me concerned. I mean, Murray, it does seem like when he gets injured, he's out for longer than we always expect. So I hope he's back tonight. I hope he's ready to be back. I'm not trying to rush him back, but I hope he's ready to be back and helping his team contribute this year. Um, but if he's not, you know, that does change things quite a bit. Denver has owned the Clippers over the last several years. But it would be nice for them to kind of get their full strength. They don't play this team again until April, which is kind of weird. They've played them two times already. Tonight will be the third time that they will have played the Clippers already this season. And they play them once again in April. That's a long ways away. Um, you don't want, for, for me, I'm not f- afraid of the Clippers in any way. Like in a playoff series, I say bring it on. But it is nice holding over a team's head the fact that they just can't beat you. Reggie Jackson, DeAndre Jordan, can't beat him. Tonight, whether there is or is not Murray, can't beat him. So I do think there's something important, but I would love for this to be a game where Murray comes out and Denver reminds the Clippers that, hey, we're a terrible matchup for you and you should do all things, everything in your power to avoid us. Um, I do think the Clippers are going to show pride. Look, you circle on the calendar whenever a team humiliates you, right? You go play against a team and they get a great win against you, you are like, all right, when do we play this team again? We we have to save face. We can't allow this to linger. I think that's going to be the approach the Clippers take. Now, the Clippers don't have that dog in them, so I, don't, I think there's a little bit of this of like, you know, yeah, but it's still the Clippers. But at the same time, Denver should not expect them to roll over in this game. I think they're going to show some pride and, and act like, hey, we have to get them back for this one. Whereas I think Denver looks at this game and is like, it's just another LA Clippers game, man. I don't know that the motivation, like, some gambling buddies always say it's when you're betting just always think about who's more motivated for this game i think the clippers probably should be if murray's out should be more motivated because they got humiliated last time by reggie jackson they should want revenge so i hope that denver matches that energy there's also weird it's tough games are tough when you get a, a long rest you know so i it's just your rhythms thrown off like this weirdly feels like a long break for the nuggets so I am curious to see how Denver fights. I think it's going to be a tougher game than last time. If you remember the last time that the Nuggets and Clippers played with uh, everybody playing, Jokic went 8 of 23. He actually had a rough shooting night, although in crazy statistical night. 32 points, 16 rebounds, nine assists. I expect Jokic to dominate tonight. I mean, shocker, right? But 8 of 23, if you look at those numbers, 32, 16, and 9, and then you think, oh, he shot 8 of 23, one of his worst shooting nights of the year, 2 of 7 from 3. If Yoke makes four, five, six more baskets the way he's capable, that's like his averages, he's having a 40-point triple-double night, almost a 30-20-10 night. So I think that Yoke, this matchup is just so favorable to him. I think he dominates tonight. I think he puts up monster numbers. And then I hope Jamal Murray is there to help him out. I'm looking at Michael Porter. I think Michael Porter is a guy that – um you know I'm predicting his his shot he's looking more confident with his shot I'm predicting it comes back um and then Peyton Watson you know we've seen him have some big time defensive games lately against the uh Darren Fox against Kevin Durant tonight's an opportunity to go up against the Paul George um somebody he knows very well by the way it's funny he was up against KD who he plays with all the time in the summer Paul George another LA guy he plays with all the time in the summer. So. This is another chance for him to go out and, and really shine against a completely different type of defender. And this is one of the things that's encouraging. KCP is a great defender against guards. Aaron Gordon's a very good defender against big wings. Um, Peyton Watson is a guy that seems to have a wider range of players he's good against. De'Aaron Fox and Kevin Durant are not similar in almost any ways, and yet he had an impact on both of them. Tonight you get Paul George, it's even different type of guy, or maybe you get switched out on Harden, or maybe you guard Westbrook for a little bit. I'm curious to see if Peyton Watson can guard all these different molds back to back to back, because if he can, um, you know, that, that, that's what I, why I'm excited about him being one of the best defenders in the NBA eventually. All right, that does it, guys. Me solo today. We should have uh, the crew back tomorrow. I think Swiper is in the house tomorrow. He'll do a recap of the Clippers game, so you want to tune that out, especially if the Nuggets win, man. You know that Swipe is going to be bringing the energy for that. And he might even have something to say about what I talked about today, Jokic's advanced stats. We all know Swipe loves to cook on that. So do us a favor, rate, review, and subscribe. Hit the like button on YouTube if you're watching this. i will see you guys later.